I'm ready. podcast where three chumps talk about chapters where your chumps here to talk some chapters today we are going to be discussing chapter 10 the last chapter of the the two towers by J.R.R. Tolkien I'm your host Connor as ever I'm <laughs> and I'm doing fine, by the way. <laughs> you probably can't even tell. <laughs> oh, fuck. You probably can't you even take, tell. Did you I'm take good. a cough drop or no? <sighs> I swear, I'm good. I'm okay. joined, as ever, by my hosts, uh, co-host, wow, Connor and Josh. How are you guys doing tonight? Not right? as bad as you are, apparently. <laughs> yeah. He See, sounds... if we if we had doubled up last week, we would have completely avoided this. I know it's true. <laughs> Josh, Josh is right as usual. No, yeah, he. So we he he is sick. Like we can we can all we can get the, get that out in the open. Um, it's not that bad. And I, and, and he's assured us that it's not COVID because he does not believe in COVID. He said COVID is over. It's been over for a few. That, that's what you said. It's been over for a few years. You know. I, I know. I really, really got under your skin, didn't I? Oh, that's I funny. That's funny. I must. I must you have did. Really, yeah. Like, no. I mean, it's it's it's, it's like I know. Yeah. I I just uh, you know, personally, I think it's like a it's it's like a real disease. You know, not like um, not like a not like a uh, what do they call it um. Scamdemic is that that's you that's I think that's right. what you called it, or pl- yeah. or is a plan plandemic? Yeah, <laughs> that was the one. It was a plandemic. Yeah, thank you. Plandemic. <clears throat> so we're on the I, final uh, chapter of the two towers instead of harping on stupid conspiracy theories. Yeah, that. Uh, thank that, you, that Josh. Honor thank you. <laughs> Thank I mean, jeez, Connor, Connor's like, oh, uh, so you you think you don't have COVID because you took a COVID test and it came back negative? Okay, like, okay, that that's rich. <laughs> like, I, I I just think that they're less reliable than than just just from my experience, and and you guys might be right. They might be may, way more reliable you're taking, than. Uh, you've taken a lot of uh, faulty COVID tests, there, buddy. I yeah, I mean, I think so. The the two times. Um, that that I did have COVID, I feel like I didn't. Well, the last time, I I I I did. Oh test yeah, you mean when yeah. you were just sick? You were just regular sick, and you took that COVID test no. that came back negative, and you just like wanted to say you had COVID, so like you <laughs> told everyone you had COVID, but like all the tests that you took said that you didn't. Are you talking about that time? No, it's it's. I'm, I'm talking about the first time that I had COVID when, oh, when it, it, it took a few, it took a few tests to be positive. It's like, it's like sometimes it takes a few days. You feel shitty. And then if the first time it's not positive, you know, it's like, sometimes it takes time. <clears throat> yeah. yeah and the second time, the second time I couldn't find any freaking tests cause, cause okay. they were sold out everywhere. <clears throat> well, um, 
uh, being being at a school, I got a ton of them for free. So that that's where they all went. Oh, that's nice. That's yeah. why you couldn't get any. They they gave them all well, out. Well, you guys kids. don't deserve you because obviously you don't deserve them if you don't. If, if yeah, you don't I guess, even, I guess, uh, not, I guess yeah. not. Not if we think we're living through a pandemic. If you don't do right? your due diligence. Hmm. And take five uh, tests a day until one comes up positive. <laughs> All right. So, anyways, we're here to talk about the uh, the last chapter of the two towers, the choices of Master Samwise, and uh, then we will have a general book discussion after that. At the end of which so, we will um, read the book. We will. We will. Wow. So it's crazy to be back here. Um, feels like feels like a real journey we've we've gone on, much like the characters within this book. Indeed. <clears throat> um. So uh, this chapter here <clears throat> picks up right off uh, from the last. One. <laughs> the last one, where, uh, you know, Frodo is going to be, like, attacked by Shelob, a giant spider, and and Sam, after fighting off Gollum, is um, trying trying to warn him, but it's too late. I'm just going to take a sip of my tea here, one second. <laughs> it's honey chamomile. Good, nice. Hope yeah. it helps. Be good for your throat. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I don't believe in um like taking any any medicines or that this is all um you know, I, I, I prefer the homeopathic remedy. What about those herbal supplements? You've got some herbal supplements too. <clears throat> yeah, but I mean that's that's just nature in pill form. That's fine. True. Yeah. When does your uh, Reiki master come in to, to, to give you some Reiki uh, um, services. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm glad you asked. Um, you know, as a matter of fact, I'm going to have to hop off uh, in a couple hours, so I hope I hope we make it because they're swinging by at the end of the night. Yeah. <laughs> That's so cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, I'll be, I'll be like, um, hey, door's unlocked, so yeah. you don't need your Reiki to get in. Oh, that's a good one. They, a they, good one. they get, a, get yeah. a kick out of that one. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's funny. I hope tonight they, they <laughs> unlock your uh, third eye and can uh, awaken your um, spinal chakra. Yeah. Yeah, I really hope that's it. Um, dude, I really... You know, you know what else I hope? I hope that it's okay. I hope that it isn't awful listening to a podcast where the host is sick the whole time. I hope that's not that bad. No, it's 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 fine. It's like a nice. Well, little... if you're able to get through the synopsis, we can let we we'll be able to jump in a little more. <clears throat> yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Why don't why don't we do that? I I, I, I apologize. I've been making noise as Nova's woken up. It's always a, after sleeping all day. It's always a little bit of thrill. I mean, there there's always a little little fun noises coming from Josh's end. Everyone knows that. There's there's always little tip taps and. I, it's yeah. even more that I like. I'm aware of how many noises I'm making right now, so it's it. No, I but but these are not these are not bugs. These are the features of the podcast. That's that's what makes mm. us unique. And, and having a having a sick host for the the episode, it's that's a fun little treat for the audience. 
Yeah. Okay, want to say hi to the audience? Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure they love it. Just like I'm, you can think and tell I'm eating popcorn right now. It's like what that's like yeah, the appeal we, to our show. Like all, we all have our Connor's eating popcorn. So no riz on Josh's mic, and I'm sick. I heard that sniff. It was beautiful. That was cool. <coughs> okay, so the synopsis, right? Good sniff, no luck, good girl. <clears throat> uh, so. Sam is not able to get to Frodo in time. And now I can tell why you you didn't want to do, you know do this tonight. You wanted to do it tomorrow. <sighs> Who knows if tomorrow would be better? That's. It I mean, matter. it probably would be worse. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe Tom- tomorrow your test would probably be positive. <laughs> oh my god! Can we stop this shit? <laughs> Yeah, let's let him give the synopsis so that we can actually talk about the book, please. Thank you, Josh. God, at least someone here is going to try to keep us on track. It Sam is enraged. <laughs> and um, he, uh, you know, he's able to fight off Shelob amazingly. Um, and um, that's that's through a combination. He, he's wielding Sting. He has the file of Galadriel. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and yeah, Shelob, Shelob uh, cowers and and re- and retreats. Um, but then Sam thinks that Frodo is dead. And um, well, is he's that not funny? Breathing. Is that funny to you, Josh? No, it's funny because Nova put Frodo's dead. No, I'm laughing at Nova having pushed her her toy into my leg is now trying to lick the remaining peanut butter out of it. And I moved my my webcam so you could see that endeavor of hers um i was going to uh cut in with uh frodo does not appear to have a heartbeat or be breathing at all and is pale so for all intents and purposes the same could tell he is completely dead died suddenly i mean that that's about how i'm feeling right now am i right vaxxed was he vaxxed (laughs) yeah Sheila gave him a jab right in the neck (laughs) yeah right (laughs) You know, if Frodo had his vaccination, how could he still have gotten poisoned by Shelob? I thought it was Damn, supposed to be effective. So true. <laughs> God fucking damn. Okay. So anyways, uh, <clears throat> Sam has to go through this whole thing where he's like talking to himself, you know. He, he's trying to figure out what to do next because he, he truly believes that Frodo is dead. And I will want to talk about that conversation that he has with himself. I think it's very, very interesting. Um, But ultimately, he decides that he has to complete the mission and become the ring bearer himself. And so he puts the ring around his neck, um, leaves Frodo there as respectfully as he can, and continues on. And as he's going up the steps to then descend into the nameless land of Mordor proper. But it has a name. It's Mordor. Yeah. <laughs> um, That's a plot hole. Sam, Sam turns around and uh, sees there are orcs. There's orcs coming out from uh, <coughs> from like this, this watchtower. This 
The Squatch Tower. I think it's the tower that we've been hearing about. The or the, the tower Minas. in Minas Morgul is that it? Yeah, that one. <clears throat> right. Um, and so Sam's like, "Oh my God, what do I do?" And to not be seen, he puts the ring on. Sam wears the one ring. Um, pretty crazy moment. <clears throat> and uh, and and he realizes the orcs actually have found Frodo's body. So, um, Sam can't allow like, you know, Frodo, his master, to be to be treated this way. Um, to have his 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 remains defiled like this. So <clears throat> he immediately runs back, and the orcs bring uh, Frodo back into the cave of uh, Shelob's lair. And um, as as Sam is still wearing the ring and is invisible, he's following behind them. The uh, the two orc captains have this conversation, very very interesting conversation. <coughs> but um, but essentially, the biggest reveal is that Frodo isn't really dead. Um, the orcs know that he's just poisoned by Shelob. Uh, because that's the way that she she feeds. She paralyzes her her pre- prey and then drinks them warm. That's the way that she lob. Hmm. <laughs> Indeed. She and so lob. Sam <clears throat> Sam is you know revitalized by this, and um, the the orcs go through this this passage that initially Frodo and Sam thought was blocked on the way in in the darkness. They realize it's like a special special way for the orcs to go where Shelob can't follow. Sam goes through and sees at like the end of this this uh, cavern hallway. There's these these big doors that I believe lead to the tower where the orcs came from. This tower of Minas Morgul. <coughs> and despite Sam's best efforts, he is not able to make it <coughs> to the doors in time. And they are shut. So Sam, with the one ring still on him, has learned that Frodo is still alive, but is in the hands of these orcs. And <clears throat> he is locked out of this passageway, seemingly. And that brings us to the end of the chapter and the end of the book. <clears throat> and if one of you would like to jump in, Give your thoughts on this. Maybe anything I missed. Any notes you might want to discuss. Be a good point to shift a, a little bit. So thank you. Yeah. Nova, do you have any thoughts on this? Do you have any thoughts? I think I think maybe uh, Nova just takes Connor's place for the rest of the night. <laughs> yeah, we could switch she, off. I, I had to actually mute myself there for a moment because she was bar- starting to yip. She wants attention. Yeah, I mean, so um, Sage. <laughs> yes, yeah. I Sage. Everyone's here. King's all here. Yep. Come on up. So yeah, the. Uh, I'll be honest. Knowing what I what little I remember of uh, Return of the King, the movie, 
I knew intellectually that Frodo couldn't be dead when I was reading this chapter. But when I was reading the chapter, there was a lot of doubt in my mind of that Tolkien is making it very clear that Frodo's dead. I was just waiting for him to like suddenly grab Sam's wrist or uh, have a sharp breath in when Sam like used the, uh, the the vial again and like cleared whatever poison was in him. But no, it was like, oh, he is as far as Sam could tell, dead and Sam is taking the ring and Sam is putting on the ring. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, Sam is actually like becoming a ring bearer here. This is actually like a big moment. What the hell? I don't remember this. Ex- I don't remember it going this way in the movie, partly because I don't remember the movie that well. <laughs> it's very possible this is going to happen exactly what's going to happen when we watch the two towers sometime in the near future. Um, but I was not expecting any of this. Yeah, I was expecting Frodo. I was expecting Frodo half dead in the spider web, but that was about where my recollection ended. <laughs> yeah, as um as somebody who has not seen the movies. Or has no memory of the movies, really. Okay, so so actually, the funny thing is, is um, I I don't um really have any real memories of the movie except for what I think are like the final moments of the movie. Uh, the, like this movie of, or like of the last movie of the of Return of the King. Um, gotcha. So so like in my head, I'm like, well, I know he, I know Frodo can't die. I don't think. Yeah, um, right. But it did feel, especially as Sam is like le- like walking away from him, and like you know, kind of gets. He's like, "Oh, I know what I have to do," but he's. I'm like, "Wait, no, go, don't, no, you can't, you can't leave like this. What are you doing?" I'm like, I'm "Like, what does this really happen?" Yeah, and so, so yeah, it was kind of like a uh, confusing moment for me too. Um, I. I was waiting for for Sam to like realize or like remember the ring and then like for for Sam to like put it on Frodo and then that revives him or something. That was like what I was thinking. I was like that might something like that could happen, but then it didn't. But well, I mean which I'm I'm happy about because uh this leads to Sam being a well actually the chapter starts with Sam being a total badass and kind of ends with him being a badass too. Um, so we got more of that because of it, which was, which was a good thing. Yeah, definitely. Um, I just want to mention, uh, I'll, I'll echo what both of you were saying <clears throat> in that, um, I, I was not expecting this to happen. <coughs> oh, God, fuck. Okay. Despite my, um despite my knowledge of the movies. So, I, I believe this is playing out differently than what we can expect to see. But, I also can't say that with absolute positivity. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll just have to wait and see for our movie discussion. <clears throat> but, um, but yeah, this, this really surprised me. Especially... You know, just just Sam taking the ring. I was like, wow, Sam has the ring. That's crazy. And then he actually wears it. And I was like, I had no idea that that happened. Um, so that that is, yeah, really cool. 
Um, <clears throat> and, um, you know, I wasn't expecting this book to end on, like, the cliffhanger that it does, you know? Um, I know there's probably going to be uh, plenty of things in the chapter that, that we're going to want to go back and discuss, but, like, mm -hmm. talking talking about the end there, um, I, I did not think there was going to be such a strong sense of, like, separation and, like, what's going to happen next, you know? Um, so that, that was also very surprising to me as well. <clears throat> yeah, I just, I, I, um, I, I remember you guys saying, like, you're surprised at kind of how far you, uh, how far the story has progressed in this book. Um, so I was, like, thinking we're, that, that we were closer to... Like, like I, I didn't expect a uh, like a cliffhanger where Sam and Frodo got separated. You know, I, I, right. I, I kind of thought we were past the point of, of like I, th I thought they'd just be together until the end. So that that was kind of a, a left turn for me. Right. Yeah, and and, and truthfully, that's <clears throat> that's pretty much what I thought too. So, um, this is really interesting. Honestly, I got to the end, and my first thought was, this is. Empire Strikes Back, but Lord of the Rings, like ending wise. Frodo is in a living death, state of living death, uh, separated from the other heroes, and things are kind of bleak, but you know, there's more story ahead. Yes. Yeah. So, I was actually, that was the last note I had in the book, but I have other notes. <laughs> We, we, we were talking about the ending and just like, yeah, I wasn't expecting, I wasn't expecting how much it felt like the end of the Empire Strikes Back uh, when I was reading it the other day. So I take it Tolkien was a Star Wars fan then? Probably not since he published this at least three decades ahead of Star Wars. You never know. <laughs> Might be better to say Lucas was a Tolkien fan. You never know. <clears throat> for, for what it's worth, not quite three decades, but but yes. I can never remember what decade when, when this was published. <laughs> I know Star Wars was seventy-seven. It's just like forties, fifties, eh, two or three decades. Guys, I think you may be forgetting something here. Star Wars starts off with a long time ago, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Okay, when was Middle Earth other than a long time ago? These these could be contemporary stories. For all we know. <laughs> wow. So true. Yeah, that that is actually that? pretty funny to think about. <laughs> I mean, Star Wars has been taking a lot of inspiration from uh, Lord of the Rings recently. It's very possible. <laughs> <clears throat> you know what I um, wanted to mention? <clears throat> last, uh, last episode... We ended up having a part of our discussion was on the nature of Sam and Frodo's relationship. And yes, are you going to talk about the very beginning of this chapter? Yeah, I absolutely am, Josh. <laughs> Which means you were struck by the same thought. Because Tolkien used some interesting language at the beginning of this chapter. 
I'm not um, sure. It, it might be the moment that I'm thinking of too, but I could. But it could, there could be another moment. It's literally on the first page of the chapter, second paragraph. Um, let's see. So I actually had like three notes on this one paragraph because it was just like getting started with the chapter, and it's like oh, I got all these thoughts all of a sudden. Um, the line. I'll just go through them real quick. The line where Sam did not uh, wait to wonder about um, where the hell, where the heck is it? Uh, I mean, if you're talking about the line I was going to reference, it's the last line of this paragraph. Yes. I'm just, I cannot think where, yeah. Sam did not wait to wonder what <laughs> was to be done or whether he was brave or loyal or filled with rage. I really like that line. Um, my my next note is that Sam chooses to fight immediately because I thought I'd be going through this chapter listing all, all of Sam's choices. Um, mm-hmm. I did not end up doing that because I was so enthralled and was there's a lot of things that could be confused as choices and others are just like decisions. And yeah, it's, yeah. I know that's a, just not much of a distinction, but I couldn't I, I didn't have it in me to find all the choices. Um, then he charged. No onslaught more fierce is ever seen in the savage world of beasts, where some desperate small creature armed with little teeth alone will spring upon a tower of horn and hide and stands above its fallen mate. I had two conflicting thoughts with this. The first one was, uh, I can see where all the shipping comes from now. <laughs> uh, the second one was the the bit from Doctor Who with uh, with Ten and Donna where he says he wants a mate and she goes off as like you just want a, you just want to mate no a mate I want a mate yeah so those two thoughts were conflicting in my head for a good like three minutes while I'm trying to figure out what I was writing on my note right here <laughs> and you decided on both yes well Yes, yes, I, yeah. I reread the note. Yes, I did write both. <laughs> <laughs> um, Connor, did that stand out to you at all? Um, I, I don't think it, it stood out as much as it did to, to you guys, because I, I think maybe that was a <coughs> passing thought, and then, um, and then, kind of in what Josh is saying, I, I, I think I did take mate the other way. Um, <laughs> But there is another moment in this chapter that uh, did did give me pause. Um, I'm just trying to find it. Okay. Well, while you're looking for that, um, I was gonna say I, I just had this thought while we were while we're talking. I think this is the first time their relationship is described differently, other than a uh, master servant relationship. Hmm. Um. Where this one actually describes them as equals, partners, I guess, um, mates. Uh, and it's just a question of, did Tolkien mean this in the literal sense? And we just haven't had some scenes to, to uh, confirm that? Or is it more of the British slang term for friend? Um, and I guess we just, we don't know. <laughs> the book ended. <laughs> okay, so so yeah, right. I mean that's that's a good question, especially for the people. Uh, I you know the wackos on Twitter who who like to call Lord of the Rings right wing. 
I would love for there to be some some sort of confirmation from the Tolkien estate being like, yeah, no, actually, uh, Sam was gay for Frodo. Like, yeah, that's that. that we're confirming it. That was the intention. Um, yeah, as satisfying yeah, as no. that would be, it's like it, it's not it's not too clear in the text. Um, yeah, right. It it turns out that Sam is a, a queer person of color the whole time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. I, I'd love to see the meltdowns. Um, it's it's right here in the text. <laughs> um, right, canonically. I did find the moment that 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 made me think, though. Uh, it is um, on <clears throat> one one of those pages in my book uh, that cool. don't that don't correspond with any of yours. Um, Connor gets it. Uh, through the mist before his eyes, he was aware dimly of Frodo's face. And he stubborn and stubbornly he fought to master himself and to drag himself out of the swoon that was upon him. Just the word swoon. I after gazing I at Frodo's face, I was like, "Huh." <laughs> I paused on that word too. I don't know the exact context of that word, unfortunately. I know, I know it in the the sense of like, like, uh, uh, the cliche of like a woman fainting, but. That's about as much as I know about the word. Yeah, I mean, unlike I, when, unlike my Kindle, I can't just like define this word for me to a print book. Yeah, I, I I um, I guess the the definition is to faint from extreme emotion. So who knows? But I uh, so it's not necessarily like attraction not it, necessarily it could be, but I, I i i do feel like in popular culture that's kind of how it's usually used the, the context yeah yeah i agree <coughs> god sorry that's all right I, I hope the coughs aren't too uh you know too distracting funny thing is i i've been drinking water as we're talking and twice now i've had to mute myself because i had i had a have a drinking problem and had to cough <laughs> mm. oh yeah Josh, you, know, you have a drinking a problem <laughs> yeah it doesn't go down the right pipe all the time damn you should <laughs> is there a rehab for that kind of thing probably not damn well um i i um <clears throat> i'm glad that both of you had some comments to to share there and uh connor yeah the the swooning did kind of make me think twice i didn't take a note on that but that was a good thing to point out same um, here but yeah the whole thing about uh the fallen mate it's like yes you could take the, the word mate either way but <clears throat> you know the line is written from this perspective of the animal kingdom and yeah within the way that um animals are described through like scientific language um as far as i know mate only means one thing that's really not up for debate a mate yeah. in the animal kingdom is like a, a relationship in, in that way right yeah obviously also in the animal kingdom you know romance is gonna gonna vary it's, it's not expressed all the same way but like that that's the analogy we're working with here um <clears throat> so <clears throat> for what it's worth I I'm not I'm not convinced that Tolkien's intent is to have have this interpretation in the in the text but like Connor said I can certainly see where the queer readings come from I can see that this interpretation 
really can be supported by the language in yep. Lord of the Rings. So um, I think sometimes, um, you know, especially like Connor's talking about like right wing fans and all that. <clears throat> and just like by being on the internet, you'll see people um, shut interpretations of things down like this fast or or they will be like um dismissive or you know or 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 worse right or bigoted about it um <clears throat> uh and and usually i think their arguments come from a place of like well you're reading too much into it you know that that's that's my meaning not to say that that those those arguments um you know, have have validity, but like usually the the point they're trying to make is, well, you know, you're only seeing what you want to see. You know, you want representation in this thing, and so you're putting it where it was not intended. And <clears throat> I I was pretty ready for the Lord of the Rings to <clears throat> be a text of that nature. You know, my my assumption was like, well, this is a story about like, you know, this is a very English, like Anglo-Saxon kind of like modern day mythology written by an old white guy about old white guys. Um, and like that is largely true, you know, and, and we, we've talked about like some of the problematicisms that I, that, that at least we have seen while yep. reading that, that, that we have picked up on. <clears throat> but, but yeah, for what it's, for what it's worth, I really do think this reading of Sam as queer, as being, you know, uh, having romantic love for Frodo, very real, very real interpretation with with <clears throat> actual details that you can find just by reading. You know, like it's it it does, yeah. does not have to be like digging deep. It's literally just there as you read it. It's like I could see it. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was I was reading these um, until you brought it up when uh in the, the last part i wasn't consciously picking up on a lot of that but as soon as you start like insinuating something's going on like it, it, it so as soon as you start insinuating there's any kind of subtext it all clicked into place for me it was like oh shit i can't believe yeah. i've missed this with especially with the amount of time i spend on the internet where this stuff just you can't escape it <laughs> So yeah, and I wonder as because um, you know Josh, you and I have said we <clears throat> until we're like done with something, we we generally aren't going to like dive into the fandom. But once right. we're done reading Lord of the Rings, it'll be interesting to see <clears throat> you know how, what what other voices have to say on the matter, and like how how common or uncommon are these, uh, you know. Yeah, no. I, when it comes to, when it comes to the fandom and Lord of the Rings specifically, uh, I only know like a few memes uh, that there's a whole Lord of the Rings subreddit uh, meme subreddit that I do see go by occasionally. But since we started reading, I have not gone into it at all, just to avoid. Uh, it's hard to say avoid spoilers when you've already you know you've already seen the movies, but like uh, to avoid refreshing my memory. Yeah. About certain things. I know what you mean. Um, 
before we get into whatever our next points might might want to be, can we take a quick, not even a five, just like a two, just a quick two? Connor is going to go uh, do a quick number two, and we'll be right back. Thanks. All right. Uh, um, cool. So do you, have a, do you have a note that you want to go to? <coughs> or you want me to go to a note? You know, I have plenty of notes, but um, maybe you should start, Josh. Okay. Um, so let's just stick with Sam going after Shelob. Tolkien, my note here is just Tolkien is making the conflict, uh, Sam's conflict with Shelob, very visceral. Yeah. And I'm not certain, like, more visceral than anything else we've read so far. And I'm not certain that I like it. Like, like I like the writing. I, I like the detail, but, like, the, the imagery that it's conjuring in my mind, that is what I don't like. And I think that's intended. Right. It's, like it's it's supposed to be a a gross um off-putting encounter and it just gets there's a lot that I just don't like how it makes me feel imagining this stuff. Yeah. You're also yeah. predispo- predisposed to like it less than <laughs> not not just the but the spider bit in my yeah, the spider, the like spider stuff is what I was thinking of. Yes. Yeah, no, no. I'm talking about like, um, just like the the description of like the her insides coming out and uh, the all the ooze and the wounded eyes and it's just like ugh, I don't. Yeah. This all hurts. True. This is all painful. Yeah, I also feel like it. Um, it it's it works so effectively because you know it like we're not used to sam even coming close to being this vicious and so right that's too it like really hits hits the you know the point home that like he is like sam with nothing to lose yeah <laughs> he's a hobbit on the edge yeah exactly <laughs> yeah yeah for sure um and I think it was Connor who uh, who described Sam as badass. <coughs> uh, yes, I did. Yeah, yeah. Um, he really is. I, I kind of thought that too, especially um, like even at it's like yeah, it's awesome. He like you know thrusts the sword up into her head, and but even. Even after all that, I actually thought the most badass moment was <clears throat> just after Sam had dealt those blows with Sting. Shelob was still going to come in and attack, and, yeah. and this time just kill him. And Sam stands up to her with the the file of Galadriel, you know. Mm-hmm. And we kind of saw this in the last chapter too, but the light seems to be reactive to like the the spirit of like the person who holds it. You know, it seems like the that that somehow like the light that emanates from it is uh, reflective of like the energy of the the wielder. Hmm. And <clears throat> um, Sam has this line 
And where what what does he say? He's like, come and taste my blade, or like you know, he 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 goads Shelob on, you know, and then like the the light coming from it, it's even described as like you know, going into Shelob's eyes and like you know creating this horrible pain from me from within. Mm-hmm. And then when Shelob is like, okay, whatever, I'm out of here. Sam still chases after her, manages to like cut off a piece of her leg as she's fleeing. Um, so he <clears throat> he really shows his strength here, and and especially you know in in connection with that, his love for Frodo, whichever way yeah. you interpret that love, because that's that's where this is coming from. So. Um, <clears throat> so it was cool because it, it felt like like an action scene with purpose, you know. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I I agree. And, and what do you think of when he uh, he he says Galadriel's name as he's holding the file? And how do you interpret what happens next there? Where he's like speaking in. Elvish. Elvish, yeah, magic, baby, magic. <coughs> yeah, um, I thought of it as, um, I think, like towards the end of, or or not, you know, the the middle of fellowship during the Nazgul fight. <clears throat> um, Frodo is able to, to like stun the Nazgul by saying the name of Elbereth, but he doesn't like consciously do it. He doesn't know about that, you know. It's something. <coughs> it's like it's like something that speaks through him. And Sam kind of has a moment like that here. You're right. As well. And there's some words here where I could kind of get what's being said, but I don't know enough Elvish. I don't know any Elvish. Let me rephrase that. But Elbereth, like was mentioned by Frodo in, in Fellowship, and I did not make that connection because I can't remember these names all the time. Um, <laughs> I'm looking at this first line, Gilthoniel uh, Elbereth, and that's making me think it. Gilthoniel must be something of Elbereth's because that, or two Elbereth or something like that, because that's typically what I see an A or a single letter between th- between two words meaning in different languages that I do know bits and pieces about. Um, and then we see the, that rearranged in the, the next little like stanza that we get there. Uh, right. Elbereth Gil- Gilthoniel. Uh, and, just, and then we see he's Palandiriel. And I'm wondering, that, that sounds like something we've heard of before, but I just don't have the connection right like now. Like the Palantir? That might be what I'm thinking of. And I don't remember what that is. Is that the... That, that's, that's, the that's the stone from Orthanc Tower that um, right. Thank you. The worm tongue throws, and Sauron can speak through it. Thank you. I'm tempted to look up like a <laughs> Elvish translator and see what this says. <laughs> <laughs> Let me see if I can find one. Well, um, I guess. I feel like even if you do translate it, it probably won't mean anything to us. Um, but uh, yeah, it's intriguing. Um, 
anyways, yeah, Sam, Sam confronting and, and, you know, ultimately defeating Shelop is pretty awesome. Wait, Josh, can, can, can you tell me how to say something in Elvish? Um, if I give you a phrase and then you can, you put it through the translator for me. Um, that would be in English to Elvis translator. I'm looking for it the other way around. No, I, 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 yeah, I mean, so, so just do it the other way around for me. All right, one second. I got this one here where I can just, it's a fan translator. What do you want me to figure out? Okay. I, I'm going to regret this. No, you're not. It's fine. I can't believe it's not butter. <laughs> okay. Um, what do we got? Do, 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 do. Apparently, there are multiple. According to this fan translation website, there are multiple elvish languages damn um i'm i'm just jumping into the sindarin one because that's the the first one that shows up when i scroll down that's got to be the american english version of elvish right sindarin and (laughs) apparently i all right this is gonna sound stupid is believe spelled b-e-l-i-e-v-e it's i-e I, that's what I said. No. Yeah, that's what he said. B L I E V E. I know. Right. I'm confirming. That's okay. correct. <laughs> okay. Um, apparently, that doesn't translate. So, the phrase "I can't believe it's not butter" with the contractions, "im turret believe has who butter." <laughs> There's no believe or butter. That's interesting. Things that Elvish was never made to say. Yeah, they had to have, have they, they they had but you know they had butter back then, right? Frodo and, and Bilbo, they're buttery boys. They love their butter, the biscuits with butter. I'm, I'm gonna try the the Quenya. But did elves have butter? That's the question. Oh yeah, it's true, true, true. Mm, nope. That one doesn't work either. Well, what's a synonym for believe? I'm going to try to find a different translator. I don't know if this one works. Oh, my God. Okay, well, let's move on. In the background. Yeah. In the background. Josh, when you so, find a, a proper translator, please please hit us with that translation. There's yes. um, there's a couple things. When, when, Sam, uh, when Sam believes, much like... Sam, Sam believes in much the way that butter doesn't, right? Um, Damn, so true. I know. Um, when Sam believes that Frodo's dead, he considers <clears throat> three courses of action. Taking the ring to complete the mission. Going on a journey of vengeance alone to kill Gollum. And killing himself. Yeah, that was dark. <clears throat> yeah. I didn't realize we were going to get like such a such a in-depth like almost you know, almost like character study, like a, yeah. a, a complete breakdown of Sam. You know, yeah. I, I was not ready for like to have such a 
insight into into Sam's like internal monologue. And, Josh, and this reason. is Sam's. This is Sam's heaven sent, Josh. Hmm. What uh? What do we think about those those possible paths that that Sam is considering before he he chooses to be the ring bearer and continue on? It would have been so damn sad if Sam did kill himself and then, without knowing Frodo was alive still. Classic Romeo and Juliet moment, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that, I mean that 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 would be like such a tragic turn. Um, that would be interesting. But yeah, things things got dark, um, and a lot of it is it, you know, Sam himself is so deeply unsure of what he needs to do for most of the chapter. It's like, um, it's it's tough. Yeah, it's tough to read sometimes. Yeah, yeah. And then um, I thought it was kind of funny that Sam Sam just considers like, what if I say fuck it to everything and you know I just I just go find Gollum and uh, you know put him down like a dog like yeah that, I feel like that's what he wants to do that's like the, yeah. the thing that he wants to do the most and then the other things are like what he thinks he might need to do yeah yes. Sam Sam is a lot more anger in him than uh, I think I I really realized. It's like, oh yeah, I know you hate Gollum, but yeah. Then then when he thinks that Gollum is responsible for Frodo's death, <coughs> you know, he he doesn't have anything else to lose. Yeah, don't back Sam into a corner. No. Um. Okay. And then, um, and then Sam putting the ring on. And in fact, in my copy, page 343, like, guilty spark. It <laughs> says, it says, um, he was not aware of any thought or decision. He simply found himself drawing out the chain and taking the ring in his hand. The head of the org company appeared in the cleft right before him. Then he put it on. I really loved that break where yeah. then he put it on is its own sentence because it, it just feels like there's a lot of gravitas applied to it there. Then he put it on. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and then there's a whole like break in the in the text, and then we get the world changed. But yeah, would you like to read that passage, Josh? Sure. The world changed, and a single moment of time was filled with an hour of thought. At once he was aware that hearing was uh, was sharpened while sight was dimmed, but otherwise than in sorry, but otherwise than in Shelob's lair, uh, all things about him now were not dark but vague, while he himself was there in a gray hazy world, alone, like a small black solid rock, and the ring, weighing down his left hand, uh, was like an orb of hot gold. He did not feel invisible at all, but horribly and uniquely visible, and he knew that somewhere an eye was searching for him. Yeah. What a great passage. Yeah. <clears throat> um, the, uh, the, the, the bit about a moment of time filled with an hour of thought, I really like that. Um, yes. I like the concept of that, because I, I get lost 
in uh, you ever have those moments where you you feel like you're tired but you're trying to stay awake and then you just kind of let yourself go off on a thought tangent and you realize you were having a full on dream and then you wake up again in that state you know what I'm talking about where it's like so. oh shit where you, it's like that sudden like oh shit I'm dreaming I need to wake up and you wake up and it's been maybe two minutes since you last looked at the clock but you were dreaming for quite a bit kind of feeling <clears throat> I do get what you mean or, yeah. or when you actually like go to sleep and there are those nights where you look at the clock it's like 11.30 and then you, you have a full like intense dream and you wake up and it's like 1am and it's just like holy shit I felt like like days went by what the hell right yes that that's what that makes me think of and it it's uh thought provoking yeah yeah I do how how much how much could Sam get done if he actually had an hour to think in a moment does the ring actually grant that power I don't think so but um it it's that feeling it I, I get the feeling Tolkien's trying to convey that it feels like time is passing differently at least yeah definitely um and yeah that um you know that sam is wearing the ring at all i um i really didn't know would happen and um i really like the way that it closes where it's like he he says you know uh, the the pow- the main power of the ring that we see so often is invisibility, and it's like oh, he feels uniquely visible, like he knows that Sauron is yeah just by putting it on. That's really interesting. Yeah, I was not expecting him to put it on. I I honestly don't remember that ever happening. <laughs> I always thought when when people called Sam a ring bearer in memes and stuff, I always just assumed it was because he literally picks Frodo up at some point in the story <laughs> and carries Frodo. <laughs> right, I see. Yeah, um, I guess we'll uh, we'll see, but yeah, it, it, it is interesting and I think I think very well could be a change from the from the movies. Um, to, to have him not do that rather. but <clears throat> but again, you know we'll we'll see and especially with the extended versions, I'm not really sure what what is or isn't omitted. So, yeah, uh, we're we'll, gonna have to, we'll certainly have more to say on that in a week, in a um, couple of weeks, I guess. But uh, but yeah, like I remember in Fellowship, Galadriel Galadriel has that great like uh, line. She's talking to Frodo, and she's like, "You've seen the Eye, haven't you?" Sam has no <laughs> clue what she's talking about, and you know now suddenly Sam has this horrible awareness. You know, um, for burdened him. with a terrible purpose. Yeah, <laughs> Sam had his his Reiki master come over. And now, now his third eye is open. Am I right? Yeah, yeah. Beautiful. Full circle. Yes, indeed. <laughs> um, but yeah. So yeah, that that those those lines. Then he put it on. Yeah, and then the following description is really great. Um. What's next, Josh? Is there something you'd like to go to? Uh, I actually want to go back to the, that Elvis passage because I found a direct translation of it. Okay, let's hear it. Um, so the passage is in Elvish. Uh, I apologize to those who might actually know how it's pronounced. I'm doing my best. Um, 
Uh, Elbereth Gilthoniel, Omeniel uh, Palandiriel, Lenalan Cd de Gruthos, Atrionin Fenuilos. Fenuilos. Um, so, the, according to this translation, O Elbereth, who lit the stars from heaven gazing far, here overwhelmed in dread of death I cry, O guard me, Elbereth. Oh, that's cool. So, some things I notice. Um, the A seems to be like an O in this con. Uh, the the Gilthonial seems to be the title of <coughs> Who Lit the Stars. Um, the Palindirial um, seems to... I, I don't know which part of it is, but I think Palin has something to do with, with gazing from afar or gazing. Uh, Palindirial, gazing far. Uh, Palantir, like something that lets you see far with the... Yeah, true. The other ones are. Um, and... I think that's all I really had to note. I don't see a direct translation for the the first line that we get from Sam, Gil- Gilthonia Lal Elbereth. Um, they apparently this is a continuation of a poem from uh, Fellowship. Uh, it's a song of praise of Elbereth. Uh, generally known by its first line, Ah Elbereth Gilthoniel. Uh, there's a related invocation spoken by Samwise in the Two Towers, uh, which is often treated as a second verse of this poem. And they are both verses are untranslated in the Lord of the Rings, what we're reading. But Tolkien wrote extensive commentary on the poems in some <coughs> weird assortment of letters and numbers that they use to catalog this shit. Um, and uh, a, a translation of Sam's invocation also appears in another incomprehensible. Uh, a, a dictionary location. So, yeah, we don't usually look stuff up in this podcast, but I thought that was interesting and actually like helps understand what uh, Sam is, what, what's happening to Sam there, where he, I thought that when he invoked Galadriel's name using the file, that some power of Galadriel like flowed through him for a moment before he stood up and became himself again. But now having a better understanding of what that passage means, I don't think that anymore. I think that's literally him like evoking protection of some sort. Hmm. I don't know why he's suddenly speaking Elvish, but I mean, some of that Neither Elvish the same. magic could magic. Yeah. A wizard did it. <laughs> Okay, what's uh, what's next, Josh? Uh, next, I'm turning on my light. There we go. <laughs> um, so back, jumping back forward, um, when Sam has the ring on, and a couple paragraphs go by, and he hears the orcs from the tunnel on the other side marching down, and they had sighted each other. Um, the ring seems to get probably gives him some understanding of different tongues or just understanding of what's being said, uh, which is another power of the ring that we, I don't think we really encountered before. Yeah. Um, 
And we get this line. Certainly the ring had grown greatly in power as it approached the place of its places of its forging. But one thing it did not confer, and that was courage. Um, and to me, I, I've always wondered how the ring works, kind sort of. Like I knew it turned people invisible, but it's like it's supposed to be the no, most a powerful you press ring. On the side, you just press a button and it turns <laughs> on. Um, but I mean, just like pop culture looking in, it's always seemed to just be a ring with some glowy words and uh, just turns you invisible. But as it's gotten got closer to, yeah, it seems to have like a to like recharge as it gets closer to Mordor, and we're seeing all these new abilities. My, my specific note here is like, ah, oh, the ring gets more powerful as it nears Mordor. And I thought, oh, what if it's not Mordor that it's getting closer to, but Sauron that's making it more powerful? Yeah. Because uh, Sauron just happens to reside in Mordor. Nova, are you okay? She just came in here and started hacking at me. Um. <laughs> Connor, did you give her what you have, you think? Maybe you spread it through the... Are you okay, Nova? Through the yeah, Wi-Fi? I- yeah, I probably did. You should watch out, buddy. <laughs> That's you I'd know. Say, I'd say you should take a COVID test, but it's almost worthless because you don't know if it's accurate or not. It's in the five G. I've heard. I think. I think you spread the you spread it through the five G. It's okay. Yeah. It's okay. That's what I've heard. I don't have anything five G in my house, so probably not. The satellites, Josh, they're all around your house, and the street lights too. They all got five G. Nah. Fine. Not to mention all the I birds. just meant there were no receivers in this house, so. Yeah, the birds, too. <laughs> um, but yes, Josh, so the power of the ring grows in strength as it gets closer, potentially to Sauron. Yeah. <clears throat> it was um, just interesting. I, I've been pointing out different times when the ring seems to do something or seems to uh, show some new ability. And here it's its understanding of, of speech uh, but we also get this direct line from Tolkien that the ring is growing definitely growing more powerful um, as it gets closer to what he says is the lands of its forging but could be the one who forged it as well they are yeah. not mutually exclusive at the moment as far as we know <clears throat> yeah yeah true um, um, and in fact, unless you had something else to, to add there, I'm sorry. I was going to move on to a, to a somewhat <laughs> related note. Uh, okay, you go on to your somewhat related note, and then I'll see about mine. No, yours is going to be more related, trust me. I was moving on to literally the next thing. Mm. Okay, well, when we're talking about Sauron, and it's like <clears throat> him being in Mordor, right? Um well, when the two orcs are talking at the end, not to not to jump around so much, but go for it. <clears throat> um, there's this line. It says, uh, "When when when they're talking about how Frodo needs to be kept safe," and he says, um, "He says, and the prisoner is to be kept safe and intact." under pain of death for every member of the guard until he, capitalized obviously meaning Sauron, until he sends or comes himself. And I was like, is he even capable of doing that? 
I thought that was an interesting way of putting it because um, hmm. I'm like, do the orcs have some kind of understanding that we don't, or or are they completely ignorant of Sauron's form and capabilities? And and you know, this is like a reference made out of like their their lack of knowledge. But I I was just kind of intrigued until he sends for him until he sends or comes himself and I was like I wonder if Sauron even could go anywhere or or indeed even really exist in any form you know he we're could still, still probably sent sure. for, for Frodo or the prisoner have him brought to whatever location his spirit resides like where the eye is in the movies or something Oh, yeah, no, he definitely could send for him. That's what I mean. Like, that part makes sense to me. You guys don't but think he's capable of, like, stealing some someone's form? That That's kind of what I, I took it to mean. Or maybe he's just, like, possessing a suit of armor or something. Yeah, something like that. Hmm. Maybe. I don't really have anything to add, but Josh <laughs> Sorry, talking about, like, um, you know. Now imagining it, a, a, an evil Alphonse Elric. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <clears throat> um, um, but yeah, I I don't have a lot to say on it. I just thought it was interesting, and since you were bringing up Sauron and you know him being in Mordor, it's like, oh, does he even have to be? <coughs> I wonder. I whatever he is at this point is tied to Mordor to some degree, and he needs the ring to fully regain himself. Um since he was driven out of whatever, like the, the necromancer was driven out of the Mirkwood by uh, Gandalf and the gang mm. uh, between the books uh, or no, during uh, the events of the Hobbit. Um, I think whatever remains of him has been forced to reside in Mordor. And I don't think he can leave without some consequence that we just don't know about. Um, and that's yeah, why we that keep seeing my... his minions, the orcs and the, the Nazgul being sent out. That would be my guess, too. Um, so I thought it was interesting that they <clears throat> comment on it at all. What were you going to say next, Josh? Um, so going to understanding and, and understanding languages that the orcs are speaking, we, just, we then get what the orcs are saying. And the first thing they say is, Hola, Gorbog. Yeah. Yeah. So are the orcs just fucking Spanish? <laughs> What's that second word mean in Spanish? I think that's the other orc's name. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 it is. Yeah, it's it's Gorbag and Shagrat. That was and there go there's my next and final note that I have here. We get a fascinating conversation between these two orc captains. Right. Uh, Absolutely. About I, how I, about I, how they see events that we were playing out almost completely uh, or sorry, how they see events playing out. And it's just almost completely undercut the entire time by one of the, the orcs. The one that keeps getting named over and over again, being named Shagrat. Yeah. <laughs> that's, a, that's a great, that's one of the best names in the entire uh, series so far. Um, <laughs> but I, I loved getting a little bit of insight into inner orc politics. I guess we, we did a little bit last half of the book with uh, um, when uh, Legolas well, first and Gimli half. were... The, yeah, the first half of this book, um, <laughs> when they were kidnapped. But uh, yeah, it, it was a pretty fascinating 
with, you know, the gossip about, uh, you know, something's going wrong, but they're keeping a hush-hush, like, like they know that there are people that have been let in that, that shouldn't be around. Um, yeah. What well, well, you're describing the, the, in, the, in the first part of the book was like inner office politics like that's like there's different factions among the uh the different species of orc and goblins like they're and they're they're just starting to work together for the first time apparently uh and that's what we're seeing there here i think we're seeing more of just like it's more like gossip probably about it yeah it's like gossip between like two level soldiers it's, it's practically yeah. red versus blue for a modern touch uh cultural touchstone uh, except they're not complete idiots, but they're orcs and they are idiots. Um, but they're a little smarter they than do, that. They should do a new Red versus Blue series, but have it be orcs. I think that would be popular. <laughs> they're they're actually putting out the final season next next year. Wow! Like they said, it's the final season. I'm apprehensive, but they're bringing back some some of the original writers, and wow. I'm excited but apprehensive. I I but can't we believe it's get into that. still going. It's kind of been on life support to be honest uh the past like three or four years but it's uh it's been a mainstay for you for like 20 years or something uh i discovered it in sixth grade so yeah about 15 years wow um i mean it's it it definitely helped it, it it definitely influenced my my sense of humor give it that much yeah for sure um but that's not what we're here to talk about today. Um, the the I, I I what I found fascinating about the orcs talking was just it's they're not super high level. Yeah, they're like captains or something, but they're not top of the food chain. There's other they're talking of you, you get some discussion about how they would potentially move up the ranks by like. Uh, just backstabbing other orcs or um, uh, 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 pleasing their their the, the overlord Sauron or something to that effect. There's this other orc they name who seems to be like head of all the orcs and is like subordinate to uh, Sauron and maybe the Nazgul. The Nazgul seem to have taken over recently and they're just like we just want to eat a prisoner but if we do then we're going to die with this one specifically. <coughs> And they they think one of them's just kind of like conspiracy nut, but also is probably hitting the nail on the head. It's like something slipped, and they or they they want us to think that something was about to slip, but something probably already slipped. Yeah, yeah. So I, I just found that whole conversation fascinating, and that, that a lot of the part of the book I didn't actually take notes because it was just like I was reading, and I didn't have every time I would think of something it would just be lost because the next thing came up <laughs> yeah i hear you um josh is the the other orc that you're referring to lugberts it might have been uh let me do <clears throat> i'm the asking one they, because the one they talk about i'm asking because initially when they were saying that name i thought they were talking about another orc as well yep lugberts is it not a place? It's a place which we right. talked about before. <clears throat> but I, which I, which I remembered. I remember that Lugberts is a place. But the way they were talking about it here made it sound like a person. 
I guess it would kind of be like when when like news anchors or like historians talk about um, countries where the and they use like the capital as like the personification. Like, oh, and Washington did this, or or London right. uh, had this to say, kind of thing. Yeah, um, and um, and they say like because when they're talking about Frodo, the prisoner, they're saying Ludbert wants him, you know. So it sounds like an individual. And and so my, my initial note was, wait, Ludbert's is a person? But as I kept reading, and they were talking about how Gollum has been allowed passage through through Sirathungal uh, by the orcs, by, by orders from up on high. <laughs> because, um, you know, how Gollum leads people to, to Shelob and how that's beneficial, maybe even for other yep. reasons. But essentially, you know, Gollum has been allowed to live. <clears throat> and it says, um, it says, what was it? Um, here it is. <clears throat> you must have seen him, little thin black fellow like a spider himself, or perhaps more like a starved frog. He's been yep. here before came out of Ludbert's the first time years ago we had a we had word on from high up to let him pass and then when he was like came out of Ludbert's I was like oh well that yeah definitely brings it to it being a, a place and in fact is I think it a prison Ludbert's, I don't remember I remember we got some clarification on it sounds kind of like <laughs> Azkaban or something <laughs> yeah but I, I, I honestly think it's I think it's like the orc city surrounding Barad-dûr, which is like the dark tower of Mordor. Gotcha, um, gotcha. Ah, uh, I I believe from what we've read before, if my memory serves me, that's what Lugbert's is. I think it's like the main orc city around, yeah, like you know the the epicenter of evil, you know, where Sauron resides, Barad-dûr. Um, so, anyways, uh, but but it is interesting to hear the orcs, you know, from like Josh is saying, their perspective as like um, <clears throat> relatively low-ranking uh, people in this army. They even talk about like how the the Nazgul, you know, have been like riled up and and their opinions on that you know they they don't really care for the nazgul or yeah they, they talk about how shelob like freaks them out and yeah uh how they they left some of their old comrades to just die like oh you got caught by shelob haha sucks for you bye yes oh yeah right they literally they they, they like make eye contact with the guy and they're like oh see yeah. you later yeah it's like they're like, oh, remember that old guy? Yeah, he he died horribly. But yeah. when they use that as an example, like the, the build up to the re- reveal that Frodo isn't dead, that he's just like paralyzed. Yes, and exactly. will come back in uh at some point. Exactly. That's how we get that um that information. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, they're 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 definitely interesting characters. Gorbag and Shagrat. Um, <laughs> Such a stupid name. And, uh, you know, the last thing, it was such a small line, but I guess since we're talking about them, 
they they kind of kind of made me think of Gimli and Legolas, where um, you know they were saying like, oh, after all this, you know, you wanna you wanna explore like those caves, you wanna go back to Fangorn Forest and all that, and they 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 kind of talk about defecting from the army. Um, yeah, and they're like. They're like no big bosses, you know, just like the old times. We could get away from all this, you and I, on a little island now. <laughs> right, it's right. Like. Little patch of forest where we can just uh, 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 harass non-orcs. Yeah, yeah. Whenever we want, don't have to give up all our shit to someone higher up. Yeah, I like that they, you know, Tolkien gives them a little bit more than just, you know, exposition for Sam to conveniently over here you know um and and even that part is is well written and well done i think but um you know he gives them kind of like a moment to even characterize them a little bit more so i um i I like that part too (coughs) um yeah i i think i think i'm just about done with my my notes here, I want to get to our general book discussion. Um, there's a few things that I'm willing to just kind of, you know, I'm not feeling, well, you know, I'm not doing fine, you know, I'm doing fine. But like, well, it does you know, not like, sound like it. Oh, God, okay. <laughs> uh, but, uh... Don't push yourself too hard, bud. We can only get to what we can get to, you know, if you... No, no, you no, call no, it no, early no. night, that's totally okay. We're good, we're good. Come on, no, no, no. That's not what I'm saying at all. Come on, cut me some, cut me some. Sl- give, well, give me a little more that, credit. I think than that's that. that is cutting you some slack. I'm like, yeah, you can. I, take I actually, you off. know what? Give me, give me less slack. <clears throat> take the slack. I don't need it. Okay, so so uh, you want me to give you less slack? Yeah. Okay. Give him I'll enough. Cut slack. you less slack. Okay. Um. But yeah. So so. Anyways, as as the last chapter here in this book. Yeah. Um, get on with it. I, I thought I thought it was a really good chapter. I like how much so much of it focuses on like Sam's internal, um, you know, conflict, and um, and then we get like you know this really interesting like dialogue heavy portion of the chapter with the orcs and Sam overhearing them and how that like sets us up for the the next and final book. Um, you know. I, I felt like Tolkien did a really good job of like closing this portion of the story. It made me even kind of reflect on fellowship and think about like, yeah, you know, the, the last chapter of that book too is like pretty strong. Um, and, and builds to like this big moment of, of conflict where, you know, the fellowship then, then has to break and we're kind of left on that cliffhanger moment where it's like, Oh, well what happens next? You know what now, now that our characters have split apart, you know, now what? And, yeah. and Tolkien kind of sets it up to have the reader ask, you know, <clears throat> for for very different reasons. You know, now what? You know, what what is going to happen next? <coughs> and um, it's it's interesting to feel like I don't fully know. You know? Yeah, and also, um, you know, just just kind of thinking this now is is it was, it's it, it's kind of surprising to me that. Uh, the whole book went by and we have both sets of characters never never reuniting you know i thought that for sure in the last chapter or or in, in you know the last 
you know three fourths of of this book uh the gang would would be back together in their entirety ready for the the final book but well they could never all be back together in their entirety because one of them is dead one and a half of them are dead boromir <laughs> yeah yeah you know and no one really i mean but, Frodo. but no one really cares about him though so <laughs> um but yeah so uh I think that that was kind of a bold move, and uh, he stuck. To, you know, he stuck to it. He stuck the landing on on kind of you know two very separate sections of the book. I think that 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 was cool, and um, we 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 leave on another exciting cliffhanger. Mm. I'm I'm gonna be so mad when Return of the King ends on a cliffhanger too. He's <laughs> <laughs> gotta read the, the sequels that his son wrote. The stories just keep keep going on. That's what Sam was saying last time. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. You know, if you're just pat, we're all just passing through this through the same big stories. If it ends on a cliffhanger, we can just sing a song of the of what the next one would be. <laughs> Good idea. Um, anything else you want to mention about this chapter before we get into our general book discussion, Josh? Nope, I covered all my notes. All right. Then let's do it. Let's talk about the two the towers two. as a whole. Um, uh, would someone like to start us off? How about you start us off? No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> yeah, okay. You no, know, actually, you should. If I'm cutting him less slack, then he has to start. <laughs> oh, great. No, I'm just joking. All right. I'm um, sorry. I'm sorry. Josh can start. Sure. Um, so I've kind of been mentioning it the last few times we podcast, but I I feel like I liked the first half of this book a little better than the second half. But every time I want to say that, I feel like I'm discrediting what we would just read. And this last chapter is, again, making me question, like, which half of the book did I prefer? Did I prefer... Uh, following Aragorn, Legolas, and uh, Gimli uh, reuniting with Gandalf and uh, finding uh, Merry and Pippin, uh, meeting Treebeard and everything with uh, Saruman. Uh, and the uh, the Battle of Helm's Deep. And it's it was a lot. And I think it was just faster paced um, than what we have here. Uh, with with Sam Frodo and, and Gollum, and I, uh, it's hard to say which if I prefer the faster pace, where it's event after event, and we get some lore, and we find and we reunite with Gandalf, and all these big moments, or if the slower pace of these three small Hobbit-like beings uh, making their way into this just more and more evil place and they have a quick repeat reprieve with the with the men of gondor um and we see like their news isn't up to date and they're still going forward with this impossible task and it it gets more compelling as each chapter goes by i think except the spider one i didn't like the spider one um (laughs) but that's that's my own personal uh thoughts with that particular chapter. Um, but as we said, with this, with this last chapter, Sam 
fully taking the ring and putting it on was not something I was expecting, even though I've watched the movies. And I don't remember if it's something that he does in the movies or not, if it's just something that got changed or if um, I just simply do not remember that happening because I was not fully engaged with those movies back then. Um, and that would have been right after the spider scene. So I probably would have been even less engaged than usual. <laughs> um, I, overall, I definitely enjoyed the book. Um, I, there were times where I felt like I wish we could have read it faster, but I'm glad we're, we've gotten through it at this point. Um, what else do I want to say about it? It's different than Fellowship. It's shorter, but the chapters felt longer. Um, and I say shorter because I, I, I did a page count right before we started. It's almost like 100 pages shorter, I think. Um, yeah, Fellowship was 506 and Two Towers is 413 in my, my copies. Uh, um, it's a pretty big difference, actually. Yeah, it's only about 80% of the length of of uh, Fellowship. And I think I think Return of the King is actually shorter because it has all that extra stuff in the back that we're probably not going to end up reading. Um, which is a weird thing to say, but I, I don't think we'll be reading specifically to discuss. We'll, we might all... I'll probably go and read that uh, just for additional context before our final book discussion at any rate. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's nice getting full context for all these scenes. It's nice seeing scenes that aren't in the movie with the, or at least I don't think are in the movie with Faramir and the men of Gondor. Um, that was all very interesting. And we, we got to see a lot more of middle earth and how it seems to operate. Um, we see that Asgul are flying now. It's just they fly now. I, yeah, we made that joke already. I know. I want. I want to do it again. You, thank you for doing it on my behalf, Connor. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, but no one responded to me in the in the proper way, which is disappointing. I if I if I was feeling better, I, I know. Would. I know you would. I know this is directed towards Josh. <laughs> do you want to try again, Josh? No, I do not. Oh. I want to try to bring my thoughts together okay. and come up with a, a personal score for this book. Fair enough. So I can pass it off to you or Connor. Um, yeah, I, I feel like we probably should have read it, tried to get through it a little faster. I don't know if we could have because a lot of our delays were due to very good reasons of like Connor got married and. Um, uh, I I don't agree that that was a good reason. I don't think that's an excuse. <laughs> that's he had plenty of time to to so podcast. We've, we've been we've been reading this book for four months. I want to say. Really, um, no. it feels like actually, a lot. Can, that, that that feels longer than than I thought it would be. Actually, I can check. Yeah, no, we started our first podcast for the two towers was in August. Damn, uh, the beginning of August first. And oh. it is currently. Uh, oh so, yeah, but yes. then, then we had vacations, and then yeah. So, so yeah, that's what I mean. So yeah, it's been it's been about four months because it, it's the end of November now, and 
August, September, October, end of November. Yes, we've been reading this for nearly four months, and it's just... Uh, I don't know. It's like we, we definitely had fewer chapters like we, we we went through at a similar pace to fellowship i think i think we got through fellowship in about three by the looks of my my files here um so we'll try to we'll 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 aim for five months for return of the king <laughs> just keep this pattern up. oh god i god i hope not because i want to i i want to having large breaks in the story is not helpful um, like I, I'm currently trying to finish Tears of the Kingdom tonight after we're done, and that's a game I've been playing since it came out, and I just keep having to put it down for like a month at a time, and every time I come back, it's just like, well, shit, I need to get excited about the story again, and like the world that I'm jumping into, which isn't that hard, but I mean that's extra effort. Um, and I feel like I'm complaining a bit too much about this point, but, um. Like I, I do think that kind of hurt my enjoyment of the story overall of this book overall it was just like I wish we could have read it just a little bit faster so that I could have so I could remember all of it. Yeah, I mean, I think that's fair. Um, it definitely has a bit of an Empire Strikes Back feel where it's getting darker than the first book. It's it ends on a hell of a cliffhanger where one of the main characters is in a living dead state um, and we have no idea how anything is going to resolve um, except for a few inklings of a movie we watched 10 years ago <laughs> so it's it's the second book in a in a trilogy it's yes I know they're technically all one book but it's the second book in a three book collection that is also one book and also probably six. I don't know how many are in Return of the King. Um, it's the second physical book. It's generally re regarded as a trilogy, especially in movie form, and it's, I, I think it probably suffers a little bit from the the curse of the being the second book. It's, it's, the, it's the, the middle child. It's not as good as the first. It's not as cathartic as the last. And uh, I don't know. I, I really don't. I know. feel like with trilogies, typically it's the middle chapter that's actually the highest regarded, and it's the. I'm. You know what I'm thinking of? I'm thinking of sequels. I'm thinking of sequels. I'm usually. I'm thinking of sequels. Um, when when people say sequels are never as good as the original. Um, and that's a little hard. That is a harder argument to make than this is pretty much a reboot with, of with the this first book. book. <laughs> and they changed all the actors too. Yeah, Boromir looks completely different now. <laughs> um, I'm definitely looking forward to watching the Peter Jackson film to see how yeah. much of it lines up with. Like, do I actually remember any part of it? Um, am I just blending like? five different scenes together in my head. I mean, I, I know a couple scenes from Helm's Deep. I know the spider scene, because that seared itself in my memory. But, like, how close are the details in that movie going to be to this book? That's what I want to know now, because I think we have already identified the whole scene with Faramir is probably not in the movie that we remember. 
So it's, it'll be interesting to see what made it in and what didn't. Um, but yeah, overall, I did enjoy the book. I enjoyed reading every bit of it. There were some parts that were not as gripping as others, um, especially when they're just kind of walking through the forest and it's hard to stay focused. And I do have a tendency to read at uh, times when I am not fully alert and awake even. <laughs> so that also hurts. Um, but yeah, I... Oof. I think I would give it a seven and a half, seven point five out of ten, based based off looking at my score of fellowship, where I gave it a little over an eight. I, I don't want to give it all the way down to a to a seven, because I think it was better than that, especially at the end when we when they enter Mordor for the first time. Right. That was all very fascinating. What did you get? Um, what did you give the first one again? I gave fellowship an eight point one out of ten. Okay. No, I think that's a good. That's a good rating. So yeah, I, I think I'm giving Towers a seven point five. Yeah, that's totally fair. Cool. Oops. Um, we'll get back to to uh, my my thoughts and rating of the book after a tight two minute break. So pop again, take a piss. <coughs> okay. <laughs> so, I just I, I did actually like while we were on that quick break, have a quick like thought of. Um, how to try to wrap up my thoughts here. Yeah. Yeah. I thought of how to wrap up my thoughts. Um, the book, I don't want to say suffers, but it, it does kind of get knocks from Tolkien, just being Tolkien and describing all that stuff that us as modern readers don't really care about as much with like descriptions of the, I'm not saying these are unimportant. I'm not saying they're bad, but he does get into descriptions of landscapes and stuff that, while they do paint a very beautiful picture, are not the most gripping parts of the book. Uh, I think that's just something that a hundred-year-old book just is going to suffer from. Um, I don't know. I, I probably came into this book expecting a little bit more because it's the Lord of the Rings. And when I say more, I mean like... I don't know what I mean. <laughs> it's There was some hype around it that I don't think it fully lived up to in my mind. There is and hype about, about the two towers specifically. Or no, just Lord of the Rings hype in general. And I knew the Helm's Deep was in here and I was surprised that really was only one chapter and they were just kind of there and the battle happened. Um, but it is still a very well-written book. It has a lot of small details that I'm glad we're talking about this book as we're reading it because I would not have picked up on half the stuff we've talked about mm -hmm. um, if, if we hadn't been discussing it. Like all the stuff about Sam and Frodo would have been way past over my head. I, I would have completely missed it except for maybe some cheeky thoughts uh, or like the, the cheeky part of my brain that's like, oh, we can make some dumb internet jokes about this would have been like, oh, this might be where the shipping comes from. But I probably wouldn't have caught that until the last chapter and not when we're at uh, Sam and Frodo like cuddling in Mordor for some reason. <laughs> right. Um, so yeah, I I definitely enjoyed the book. I, I want to make that clear. Um, but it, I don't know. It's 
I want to hear your thoughts on it because I can't put mine into words as well, and I probably should not go first on these discussions. No, these no, parts think, of our discussions. <laughs> I think that was. I feel like I ramble too much. No, no, I think that was totally fine. I think I, I, uh, I think you, you summed up your feelings pretty well, Josh. Um, it, it's, it's okay if it's a bit of a disappointment or not even a. I, I don't even think that you are are that harsh on it, but um, slightly not not up to. The, the level you were expecting it to be maybe after the last book and with the hype and everything. Um, but I, um, I did want you to let me know what my score was for the last book because oh. yes. I can't remember if I was, if I, if it was a joke or if I took it seriously. You took it I seriously. Believe you, yeah. I believe you decided that you were going to take things mostly seriously. Um, with the Fellowship of the Ring, you ranked it a seven out of ten. Okay. Um, Connor gave the same book a seven point five out of ten. He guessed that when I told you guys I could give you those scores during the break. Okay. Uh, as for the Hobbit, uh, which is still technically like the same storyline, it's not the same as Lord of the Rings, but it's related. Uh, I gave it a nine point one out of ten. Connor gave it a seven point eight out of ten. And you gave it a forty-two thousand. I'm sorry, four thousand two hundred out of four thousand three hundred. <laughs> so you really only got serious with the Lord of the Rings. All right, I, and I'm, I'm not sure which way I'm going to go this time. I might uh, go back to my old ways, slip into uh, some bad habits. <laughs> uh, we'll oh see. My God. But I would encourage you to continue your your serious streak for the at least for this the next two this book and the next one if i had Keep started it, it with the hobbit it would have been such a, such a clean break but like okay anyways um i uh I, I am the opposite of josh i know we had talked a bit about how um you know josh preferred the first half of the book i definitely prefer the the second half um well, that's what I was trying to say. Is like yeah. I, I think my opinion it, it they shifted a lot more, even at least uh, yeah. as we finished the second half. No, I think that 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 makes sense. But um, for you know, for me, and even going back to some of your criticisms, the first half of the book to me, and again, I know they weren't all forests. That we had some fields, and uh, we had you know the prairies and swamps. <laughs> whatever uh we had but, a river but yeah it, it is a lot of describing the the environment and them walking and stuff and uh th- that that happened a lot in the first half of this book i felt like and some of some of it was fun like you know um gimli and legolas being kidnapped by orcs was was really interesting and fun and uh obviously the return of gandalf was great um so there, there were high points to that to the first half too, but um, it definitely did not like grip me as much as a lot of the first book did. Um, and then you know coming into the second half with Sam and Frodo uh, and and Gollum, I felt pretty instantly taken by that story in a way that the first half didn't do for me. Um, I, I I found just the the trio of of sam frodo and Gollum, uh like really uh just 
a joy to read. You know, their their dynamics, especially Sam and Gollum, and the tension there. Uh, it, was, it was really fun to read the entire way through for me. Um, and I thought it ended on a really exciting and scary no. Um, so so I, I I thought they did pretty much everything better in the second half, or by they I mean uh, Mr. Tolkien himself. Um, and so, so that definitely bumped up. Like, if if I enjoyed the first half of the book a little bit less than I enjoyed um, the majority of uh, of Fellowship of the Ring. The second half of the book, I enjoyed a good bit more than I than I liked Fellowship of the Ring. I think so. It was kind of the case where like the lows were a bit lower, but the highs were also a bit higher um, than the first time around for me. Um, so I, you know, I went seven last time. I think I'm going to go. I'm, I think I am going to do seven point five out of ten for for uh, for this book for the two towers. All right. Nice. Connor, it's your turn to tell us why we're entirely wrong and this should be a 10 out of 10 book. <laughs> That's right. Um, or die. I, I don't know which one's going to happen, no, but I hope it's the first no, one. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm going to get through this podcast. You're so um, close. And then, um, you know. We'll be sure to play it at your funeral. Yes. Yeah. yeah this will be my legacy. <laughs> chapter chapter. <laughs> He died doing what he loved. And it was sad that he loved it the way that he did, but... Cause of death? Podcasting. Damn it. If, if he didn't love it. Connor, um... I'm not surprised to hear that you ended up liking this a bit more. And yeah, especially with the second half of the book. Because I've noticed, having read through Dune with you, and and even with a Hitchhiker's Guide, you seem to be very drawn to stories that are about like um, smaller st- scale, um, <clears throat> character focused, you know, kinds of stories. And yeah, so very like much. a, you know, like a big, like the the first half of the Two Towers is really cool, but it's it's like a lot of it's it's kind of setting up like more. <clears throat> epic grander kind of battles and like yeah that's fun it's in its own way but um you seem to be more drawn to yeah like the 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 internal struggles of these characters and like then the dynamics between them and so i can see why the second half of this book really stood out to you so I, i'm glad yeah, you're you're absolutely right <clears throat> i'm glad that that the, that the two towers had that and that um you enjoyed it because, um, you know, I know you, I think, I think overall, you know, you've liked reading Lord of the Rings, but I think maybe it's also fair to say, like, I feel like I kind of recognize that, um, this is not always like your cup of tea, you know, and, and it can be kind of a slog to get through, you know, um, not, certainly not to, to say like, you know, you're being dragged through it. <clears throat> but I'm glad that as you're reading it, I, I get the sense that you're enjoying it more. Is, yeah. Is what I mean to say. Yeah, yeah, no, I think you're right. I, I am, uh, I feel like I'm at, I'm at a point now where I am fully invested in the story, uh, which I mean, I guess you should, should feel at the end of two, two books, the, after, you know, you're past the halfway point. Um, 
but no yeah you're right I think I think Lord of the Rings it was tough it was a tough transition because I really enjoyed The Hobbit and then um, yeah I wasn't entirely prepared for the shift like because there is like a pretty uh, real shift going into Fellowship of the Ring Um, so I think yeah at this point I'm kind of fully fully on board Uh, you know it, it there there hasn't been a point where i was totally tuned out but there have definitely been a few sections of of uh chapters we've talked about where it's just like damn it's so much yeah retreading the same territory um but overall i think it's it's been for sure worthwhile and 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 is getting is getting more more interesting to me that's cool um, and I and I get that. Um, I think the two towers getting into my thoughts on it. I guess it's interesting because <clears throat> the way it is split up, you know, in those in those two distinct halves. <coughs> Sorry, makes me um, makes me wonder what like the story structure will be like going forward. Um, it it feels like we probably will continue to kind of have this split in the storytelling and and maybe even more splits it's like who knows with Frodo and Sam now um, <clears throat> but I, I thought it was interesting the way it's set up in this book because um, you know it's it's namesake the two towers kind of feels like it's there there sort of is this focus on like symmetry and opposition you know and like we we talk about how like some of the characters are like foils or mirrors for each other and a lot of like this first half of the story focuses on the return of Gandalf and the defeat of Saruman and obviously you know they they are made to be diametrically opposed like that Um, and so I don't we never really got any like actual clarification on what are the the two towers in this book that the title is referring to? That might because be one of those. Bug me too. There's many yeah, options. It like eight different towers. Yeah. There's like so many more towers than I ever could have guessed in the Lord of the Rings. If you would have told me before I started reading, I would have said there were two, and I would have been so yep. far off. Um, but my assumption, given the way the story is played out, given the way things are structured. I feel like it's meant to be <clears throat> the two towers of Minas Tirith, uh, or yeah, like Minas Tirith and Minas Mortal um, opposed, mm-hmm. and how like they were, you know, once once made to be like in in tandem with one another, and and one has fallen to darkness, you know, and now they're it's the dark mirror, it's the foil, you know. Yep. <clears throat> and so too, like that kind of leads me back to the 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 very structure of the story, the way it's written with these two halves and and the differences they're in as well um you know not not that one story is like a foil to the other but I, I do think there is a difference in the storytelling where the the first half with Gandalf and the others um is more about like the war you know the the big picture and then the second half is small scale getting the ring to Mordor it's it's the ultimate goal, but the way it has to be done and the way it's told, um, 
it's a very intimate kind of story. <coughs> and it's interesting to have <coughs> Gollum brought along for that. I think um, having Gollum play such a big part uh, in this story is really fascinating. And the way that that characters treat Gollum and the way that Gollum responds to how he's treated <clears throat> is, you know, feels feels <clears throat> um, you know, like uh, it's, it's very significant, I guess. Um, and just in that, like <clears throat> I, I've been thinking more about how you know, again, there's kind of like this, this broader sort of um, popular understanding of Lord of the Rings, where it's like characters are wholly good and wholly evil. You know, there's nothing complex in in Lord of the Rings, and yet, you know, I just feel like that isn't true. And um, especially like towards the end of the story, the last episode, we were talking about, you know, it's like <clears throat> Gollum and Smeagol as two halves, just like you know, continuing the conversation of equal and opposite forces, you know, Gollum and Smeagol as opposing forces, and and if Gollum and Smeagol contain those two halves, then it's like, you know, it, it's it's not, I don't think it's so easy to say that, that they are wholly good, right, or, or wholly evil, um, and yet I think, I, I think people usually um, look at, look at Smeagol as like, uh, like a mask, you know, the truth of the character is Gollum because he's been corrupted um, and, and therefore he's evil and so like, you know, Smeag <coughs> Smeagol doesn't matter, you know, Smeagol Smeagol's just a front to get what Gollum wants in the end, which is the ring, obviously <coughs> but like, we, we just see that that's not, that doesn't I don't think it has to be true and I do think there's a really like interesting questions that Tolkien raises by the by the way he goes through the story, <clears throat> where it's like if Sam treated Smeagol the way that Frodo does, could he have been rehabilitated? It's like you know we don't know, and there aren't answers to those questions. But I do think that the text raises those questions, and even with Saruman, you know. We saw how, you know, Saruman is thought of as, like, evil, of course. <clears throat> but as the story continues, we realize that the whole thing with the Palantir, that's like the culmination of Saruman's story. The, re the reveal afterwards of the Palantir and Gandalf being like, oh, well, this is how Saruman fell to darkness. And, and that Tolkien devotes a whole chapter to, chapter to <clears throat> how Pippin is corrupted by the Palantir, but is shown forgiveness. Because it's like, well he couldn't have done anything else you know the, the same is true for Saruman or, or or at least it leads you to like asking those questions like is the same true for Saruman all I mean to say is I think the two towers complicates the story not not in terms of uh, you know making it confusing or cumbersome in the sense that it I think it adds many more complexities and interesting underlying layers than, than perhaps the story of Lord of the Rings is, is often given credit for. Because I do think you read Fellowship of the Ring and it, maybe it does feel like a, 
in 2023, like the int introductory or foundational text for modern day fantasy. And, and indeed it is that, right? <laughs> but I think the two towers actually, actually takes that and, and flips some of those ideas around in ways that <clears throat> may not be immediately obvious. And, and Josh, you were talking about like Star Wars, sequel effects, you know, trilogies, things like that. Empire Strikes Back does a lot of that too. And, you know, credit where credit is due for the, especially, especially in the sequel trilogy where The Force Awakens feels like the standard setup and then The Last Jedi is like the, the you know, the huge foundational mix-up, you know? I, I'm, I'm not saying that The Two Towers, like, is that disruptive, but I do mean that, like, structurally in terms of, like, the trilogy setup, I, I do think it serves some of that role to take what what you're given in fellowship and and confront you with it and be like is that true you know can we just say that Gollum is evil and he should have been killed is it is it so easy to just say that Saruman is just bad Gandalf or is it more than that yeah um I can't wait and for the rise of Skywalker uh <laughs> next book I knew you were getting to that yeah <laughs> I oh god I I hope not, um, but but yeah, you know your your mileage is going to vary on on what you get out of that, or or if you even feel like those questions are being raised. Like I, I guess maybe that's what I'm getting out of it. But 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 what I what I really like, and and especially like if we're talking about the two halves, I do think I'm more drawn to the the second half of it as well because I I do think having Gollum as like a part of the party, you know, not, not an antagonist, you know, he's, he's a, he's a partner, you know, um, with all the baggage that comes with that. Um, and then, and then, yeah, it's, it's, it's very interesting. And I, 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 I guess I just, I felt like this, this story, um, kind of offered me more opportunities to reflect on it <coughs> a bit more. Um, and, and I, I really do feel like it, um, yeah, I guess again, like, uh, adds, adds a lot more nuance, especially to the antagonist of the story than, than I ever realized that I, that I ever knew or was expecting, um, and I, I think that's that's very worthwhile. Um, so yeah, it, it's a, it's a very intriguing mix of action in the front half, and then kind of like a slow burn, you know, uh, character focused drama in the second half. And um, I, I I think largely it's it's successful um, in that regard. I I. I think both of you were to point out, you know, are right to point out the, the ways that it stumbles and and Tolkien is always going to be Tolkien and I'm sure even in Return of the King we are going to get like pages and pages of, you know, writing about a meadow. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but, but, but I think overall, <clears throat> um, this, this book does a really great job of continuing the story driving the the characters into new 
you know, different interesting situations that that makes it seem like he really capitalizes on the group having been shattered at the end of fellowship, you know. And like, you know, you were mentioning Connor, it's it's more than just like, oh, bringing them all back together. It's like that that doesn't happen, you know, you're denied that. And so it's it's cool that he's able to take like an entire book to kind of see like you know what what happens with these characters now that they have to you know they've been scattered to the winds yeah um and uh we 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 still are figuring that out um i guess all that being said um it's hard for me to even determine if I like this book more than Fellowship or not. Um, I get that. <laughs> and yeah, and, and I, I think that there are some things that this book does better, and I, I think there's some things that um, Fellowship, Fellowship, Fellowship succeeds in more. Fellowship of the Ring. <laughs> <laughs> um, truthfully. I, I in that regard, I'm not going to change my score. I'm going to give the two towers a seven point five out of ten. Wow. Right. Sounds like we're all very much in agreement about this book. It's a little surprising. I I really even like an eight doesn't feel right to me. And mm-hmm. lowering it to a seven doesn't feel right either. I feel like Yeah. I, I for 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 different reasons I'm giving the same score. Yeah, it's I I I think it makes sense because it's it's one of those books where there's like even the bad parts aren't really bad, you know? Like it's 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 not that simple. It's just like um pacing and and sensibilities that are a bit a bit off for us. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow, well, uh, we have another book under our belts, Jumps. Nice job. Yeah, yeah, Back good job. Back on the job. shelf it goes. Um, we, uh, maybe. We, we, we obviously, we have, in fact, two movies, I believe, to look forward to. Yeah, I was going to ask, what's what's the schedule? Are are we yeah. doing um, one episode <laughs> well, first for up, each movie, like, so it'll be two episodes of the podcast? Or are we yes. cover both in one? I believe we'll have to do that because the first movie we'll be watching, I believe, well, I'm sorry, one of the movies we'll be watching, we can figure out order later, um, will be the animated uh, Fellowship of the Ring. I can never remember Rankin the name of that company. That, Rankin Bass, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I keep wanting to call them like Baskin Robbins or something. Connor <laughs> that works too. I, I made the same, called it Baskin Ross or something this morning. Ben and Jerry. Before we started. Uh, but Rankin Bass animated Fellowship of the Ring, uh, which I believe we held off on after reading Fellowship because we knew that it, it dives into parts of the two towers. Correct. Um, so we'll be watching that, and we'll probably have a lot to talk about regarding that one, especially since we haven't. It's been four months since we read Fellowship and watched Fellowship of the Ring, yeah, uh, the Peter true. Jackson movie. Uh, so we'll probably have some more conversation about Fellowship and how they tie it into Two Towers. We will then uh, also be watching the Peter Jackson Two Towers uh, and comparing it to the book. <laughs> so we'll probably end up doing those very close together. 
Um, it'll probably be after the, the Thanksgiving holiday and hopefully before the Christmas holiday. Probably right around Hanukkah this year, if I had to guess. Hanukkah's the early Chapter this year. Chums Lord of the Rings Hanukkah special. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. Um, yeah, so look forward to that. Uh, they'll probably go out sometime in January, knowing our upload schedule, not knowing our upload schedule, because I have zero input on that currently. Yeah, um, I, I, and Connor, someone stopped tweeting about it, so I. I don't know when they go out anymore. None of this discussion well, needs to be on the pod. It's no, I mean, well, well, you gotta just realize that it's it's um, you know, not not knowing the upload schedule is a symptom of not tweeting about it. Because then I'm like, well, you know, we gotta like signal signal that we're gonna put something oh my out. God. Okay, <laughs> okay, God, okay. But he's you too, me while I'm he's down. too otherwise he's too or otherwise communicating it. You could you could just send go out on your balcony and just use oh a megaphone and be like new chapter chums go to this link here yeah, and that works get too. told to fuck off by some someone in the Bronx some New Yorker Connor yeah. do the voice what would they say after you said after you megaphone listen to chapter chums what what would your neighbor say get the fuck get, out of here put a meatball in it there we go I love it. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so that's what you guys have, have to look forward to uh, coming up. If you want to support us, please do so at patreon.com slash chapter jumps. Um, you can follow us on both Twitter and Instagram at ch- uh, chapter jumps pod. Um, you can email us at chapter jumps pod at gmail.com. Uh, please like, rate, review, subscribe um, in every place you can, but especially the Apple Podcasts and leave a leave a nice review for us. Um, but of course, until next time. Uh, <coughs> uh, yeah. All right. Yep. There you have it. <laughs>